So our theme is a fruitful summer, God's power to change your life, based on the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians. In part one, we asked the question, how can we be more loving? Uh, We concluded that we must be led by the Holy Spirit into the way of love. In part two, we asked the question, how can we cultivate joy in our lives? And we concluded that we must ultimately live a Jesus-centered life. And today, we'll be asking the question, how can we cultivate peace in our lives? We don't have the handheld microphone today. It's gone astray, but we'll get it for next time. But can you just um, think of some of the things that people worry about? If you just shout them out, some of the things that people today worry about. Go for it. Money. Money. Definitely. Children and family. Definitely. Health. Definitely health. What else do people worry about today? Work. They worry about their work. Yep. Can we think of anything else? The environment and the challenges with the environment. Yes. Family. All kinds of things. There's always something to worry about, isn't there? That was the icebreaker. So um, many of you, well, some of you will have heard this story before, um, the bird story that I've shared. Um, many years ago, I, I was worried. Many years ago, I was going through a tough time. I was burnt out from my work. Uh, we were understaffed. And there was so much pressure to do more and more hours And I was also doing a job I didn't really want to do. And one day I was sat watching Christian TV in my parents' lounge when the presenter mentioned the passage where Jesus says, not one single sparrow can fall to the ground without the Father knowing. All of a sudden, there was a thump on the window. And I went outside to have a look at what that was. And I realized there was a little brown bird on the floor, possibly a house sparrow, and it had flown into the window and fallen to the ground. Without thinking, I picked the bird up, and as it laid lifeless in my hand, I prayed for it to be healed. After a short time, it regained consciousness in my hand, and it began to sing in my hand. And then it flew away, And it flew away with its friend who had been watching on the hedge. And the significant part of that story was that just as that bird was in my hand at my mercy, I realized that I was in God's hands at his mercy. And just as that, I wanted that bird to be well, to be better. God wanted me to be well and to be better. This encounter moved me, and I've never forgotten it, because I was given reassurance, reassurance of God's presence. I was given peace amid my struggles. I don't know how we're feeling today. Some of us may be struggling. Some of us may be all right. But maybe that's a reminder that we're in God's hands, and he loves us, and he wants the best for us. Are you with me? 
You're with me. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> good, good. So let's think about peace now. Let's think about the passage. Rick Warren argues that the Bible speaks about three kinds of peace. Spiritual, emotional, and relational peace. Firstly, spiritual peace means peace with God. The Apostle Paul said, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus has made peace with us through the blood of his cross. We must have peace with God before we can have any other kind of peace. Peace with God can only be found through Jesus Christ. Spiritual peace. Secondly, emotional peace means the peace of God. We must have peace with God, which brings us spiritual peace. Then we can receive the peace of God, which gives us emotional peace. Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since you were called to peace. Emotional peace. Thirdly and finally, relational peace means peace with others. When we have peace with God and the peace of God, we must live at peace with each other. The Apostle Paul teaches us If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Our relationships can be the biggest source of stress because conflict, competition, and criticisms can regularly feature in our relationships. We need relational peace to reduce those conflicts and to demonstrate who Christ is because he lives in us. Are you with me? So, God wants us to have spiritual, emotional, and relational peace. So why do we worry? Why do we worry? The Greek meaning for the word worry means to be pulled in different directions. It's a tearing apart. It's painful. It's gory. Our hopes pull us in one direction, And our worries pull us in the opposite direction. And we're pulled apart in the process. The old English meaning of the word worry is to strangle. To worry is to be strangled. That is very fitting because worrying can make us feel like we're being strangled, can't it? Gets a hold of us. Doesn't let go. Worrying can manifest into physical symptoms giving us aches and pains in our bodies. Worrying can affect our thinking, which clouds our mind and steals our joy. Basically, worrying makes us sick. So why do we do it? The Apostle Paul argues that worrying occurs because of wrong thinking, the wrong thinking and the wrong feeling about circumstances, people and things. What are you worrying about today? Personal question. What are you worrying about today? Are you worrying about your finances, the economy, or the instability and violence in so many places? Are you worrying about quarrels with friends or between family members? Are you worried about your health? Are you worried about a loved one? 
Are you worrying about past events, things you can't change, present situations, or uncertain futures? What are you worrying about today? And do you want more of God's fruit of peace in your life? Yeah. Yes, we do, don't we? We want more of God's peace in our lives. Well, the peace of God is yours today. It's yours. It's yours. It's for you. Did God care for that little brown sparrow that I told you about at the beginning? Yeah. If he loves and cares for that brown sparrow, you should know that he loves and cares for you. So why do we worry? We need to know that God's peace is available to us today and we can actually choose to cultivate the fruit of God's peace in our life. It's a choice. So what do we need to do to cultivate the fruit of peace in our lives? Rick Warren argues there are five keys to cultivating peace in our lives. Five keys. Firstly, if we want to cultivate peace, we must obey the principles that God has laid out in his word. The psalmist writes, you give peace of mind to all who love your law. Nothing will make them fall. When we live in harmony with God and when we obey his word, we can experience more peace in our lives. As disciples of Jesus, we must fill our hearts and minds with God's word, the Bible. And this will help us to detect and prevent thinking that is counterproductive or damaging. The Apostle Paul encourages us to fix our thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent and worthy of praise. When we put that into practice, the God of peace will be with us. Basically, we need to think more positively, don't we? We need to think about things that bring us life, make us feel better, instead of dwelling on things that bring us down and choke us. Are you with me? We must fix our eyes on Jesus and his word. Corrie ten Boom, who survived the Holocaust and who ministered to others in the Ravensbrück concentration camp, said this, The blacker the night around us grew, the brighter and truer and more beautiful burned the word of God. Imagine, for her, life would have been incredibly dark in that camp. God's word to her was light and beauty, wasn't it? Reading God's word and obeying his law of love should bring us peace. Cultivating peace means obeying God's word. Secondly, if we want to cultivate peace, we must accept God's pardon, forgiveness, and release from punishment. Guilt will destroy our peace. And being haunted by our past mistakes is destructive. To have peace of mind, we need to have a clear conscience. And only God can give us a clear conscience. If you don't have a clear conscience, get one today. By confessing your sins to God. Confess your sins to God. 
He is faithful and just. And he is the only one who can forgive you and wipe your slate clean. The prophet Micah says, No one is like you. You freely forgive our sins and guilt. You don't stay angry forever. You're glad to have pity and pleased to be merciful. You will trample on our sins and throw them in the sea. God is eager, willing, and waiting to give us a clean slate and a fresh start because he's the God of forgiveness. The gospel is scandalous. It's a scandal because God died to offer us forgiveness. He died for all so they can be forgiven from all the mistakes they've made. Cultivating peace means accepting God's forgiveness. There's a lot to this. Are you with me so far? Thirdly, if we want to cultivate peace, we must focus on God's presence, his presence. We're here today because we want to experience God's presence, aren't we? We must understand that God is always with us and we must try to tune in to his presence. The prophet Isaiah reminds us to focus on God. He says, the Lord gives perfect peace to those whose faith is firm. So always trust in the Lord because he is forever our mighty rock. We have a choice. We can either focus on our problems or focus on God, the one who has the solution. Rick Warren said, if you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. What we concentrate on can determine how peaceful we feel inside. That's why it's essential for us to focus on God's presence in our lives. If we experience tension in our bodies or stress in our minds, this could be a clear indication that we've taken our eyes off the Lord and placed them on our circumstances. Focusing on the problem rather than on the one who has the solution. This will definitely steal our peace. We can understand stress. Have you experienced stress? Most of us have. We can understand stress as a way of God saying, get your focus in order. Look at me. Get your focus in order. Look at Christ. The psalmist wrote, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Later in the psalm, he says, be still and know that I am God. This psalm, Psalm 46, was written during the time of Hezekiah, many years after David lived. The nation of Israel was under attack from Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and enemy soldiers surrounded Jerusalem. The Israelites were terrified, and they thought their capital was going to fall at the hands of the Assyrian army. But they prayed. They prayed this prayer that I just shared. And their enemies did not defeat them. Their enemies diminished. This psalm encourages us that God is our refuge. He is our strength 
no matter how overwhelmed or weak we may be feeling. In the turbulence of life, we need to be still and listen and feel for God's presence with us. Cultivating peace means pursuing God's presence. Fourthly, if we want to cultivate peace, we must trust in God's purposes. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We are urged to trust in God and not depend on our own understanding. There are many things in life that just don't make sense. There are many things in life that are beyond our control. But as we follow Jesus, we must surrender to him and recognize his sovereignty. We must acknowledge that God is in control. And God can use every triumph, challenge, and struggle that you face to reveal his glory through you. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. And he will use all of your experiences to bring him glory. God uses every situation to shape you into the likeness of Jesus. Isn't that good? Nothing's wasted. We can use everything, even the bad stuff, to make us more like Jesus. To radiate and reflect the glory of God through our lives and through our conduct. That's good, isn't it? That's good news, that God turns things around for us. Even when it's hard, we must trust in God. Cultivating peace means trusting in God's purposes. Fifthly and finally, if we want to cultivate peace, we must ask for God's peace. We simply have to ask for God's peace. Paul gives us the secret to peace. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. Thank him for all he has done for you. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. This is a supernatural peace. This is a peace that we can't generate. This peace comes from God himself and he imparts it to us. All we have to do is ask him for his peace and we can know his peace. God promises that when we bring our lives to God in prayer, we will experience his peace. Prayer is the cause. Peace is the effect. Worry is a useless emotion. I'm a fine one to talk because I worry about all sorts of things. But it, but it is. It's a, it's a useless emotion. It doesn't do us any good. And it's the opposite of peace, isn't it? 
It's the opposite of peace, worrying. So don't allow it to choke your mind or take hold of your heart. Don't let the pressures build up, but pray to God. Pray to him because he knows everything about you, everything, and he loves you unconditionally. He knows you the best, and he loves you the most. Also, prayer is a tremendous stress reliever. That's why I pray every day. (laughs) Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, the Father. And trust also in me. We can never experience true or lasting peace until Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. Remember, peace is not a trouble-free life. It's not a trouble-free life. It's a sense of calm and rest in the midst of life's storms. Cultivating peace means asking for God's peace. We're coming into land now. So how can we remember all of this? I've thrown a lot at you this morning. How can we summarize it? We can cultivate peace in our lives. To cultivate peace, we must Obey God's principles. Accept God's pardon. Focus on God's presence. Trust in God's purposes. And simply ask for God's peace. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. And before I actually lead us in a prayer, is anything robbing you of peace? Remember, you can talk to Jesus Christ about anything, anything at all that's bothering you or weighing you down. As disciples, we are pilgrims here on earth. And today we'll finish with the prayer of serenity, you may know it, to help us as we march onwards, onwards into peaceful times, despite the storms raging around us. Let's pray. God, Father, Grant me, grant us, the serenity to accept the things we cannot change. The courage to change the things we can. And the wisdom to know the difference. And Lord, fill us all with more of your peace, divine peace. Peace that communicates who you are to a troubled and broken world. Lord, as we are sent out from here into our lives... May we be carriers of your peace and your presence so that people will know that you are God. In Jesus' name, amen.